0: Some things are better left unsaid Take it from me, some things are better left unsaid Hello and welcome to the second episode of Unspoken. Uh, I'm Joshua Healy and that's my brother Jonathan Healy uh, and today we're going to chat about immigration refugees um, and people moving to other countries
1: it's funny I actually uh, haven't spoken too much about this and I guess one of the reasons why we are doing it is because it's unspoken uh, and so um, yeah looking excited about this topic
0: yes it is it, it's 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 one of those many many that we will be touching on that people as you say don't speak about because it's it's difficult everybody's got their opinions. you have those that like to um, I think open all borders that the world should not have any borders and anybody can go freely from you know place to place, and others say no, you know we've worked hard to to build what we 've built and you know <laughs> don't take it um, you we, we, we said last, last time we chatted in the last episode that you've actually been to many countries. Um, why don't you tell us about that and your experiences about that?
1: Yeah, um, I'm privileged to, um lived in South Africa, uh, my childhood uh, life, and then I have um, lived for um, five months or more in a few different countries, I uh, say five months because France was the, shortest period of time uh, that I was uh, in France, uh, and I've been also in England, uh, living there for two and a half years or so, Scotland two and a half years. uh, I've been in America for three years or so uh, in the Midwest, um, because America is quite big, uh, so the Midwest is different uh, perhaps, and then also um, I'm currently in New Zealand, um, as I think we discussed last time, and so yeah i've um been a part of different cultures uh and felt as a foreigner or invited in um, in different ways um and there's different uh yeah uh, the different cultures can accept people easier and um can be you can get friends in some de- of the other cultures faster but not as deep um and yeah i definitely have uh, experienced quite a range of, um, of being the, the one coming into the country. Mm. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Have you, have you ever felt unwanted or um, looked down on in any, any country or, you know, or specifically more than another one? Or do you feel like you've had to justify what you're doing there or anything like that?
1: Yeah, um, I think the biggest move when I moved to uh, the UK, uh, I left South Africa and it was uh, strange for me to be, uh, have less footing or less support than I was used to. Um, And it was a very, um, I think it's quite cold in some aspects um, in in the UK, my experience. Um, Meaning, um, I didn't have to prove myself but I also didn't feel uh, welcomed or um, supported of, yeah, no worries, you know, we'll, I'll come and I'll do anything for you type thing. And I'm not not saying that it has to be the case, but I definitely, it was more me or my, my lonesome in Europe. Um, it felt, I mean, you were there, I was thankful that I could, uh, you know, start off um, in, in your house and have a holiday and experience uh, your area, but then, yeah, I kind of just felt uh, I was by myself or, um, yeah, needed to work out the world by myself a lot more uh, than perhaps uh, some of the other places that I've been to. Mm. Um, Yeah, America was uh, welcoming um, and felt uh, kind of like I wasn't uh, pushed away uh, in my surroundings, Uh, but um, I didn't wasn't really able to go too fast into deeper relationships um, as I felt like in South Africa I do and I could be biased with that it could be um, yeah could it be because it was my home area I feel like sometimes uh, in different cultures they're happy to to chat over coffee and chat about life but then when you want to share the the deeper things uh, things that uh, kind of match to each other it's uh, sometimes a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, France. France. I was only there for a short time, and my environment was more um, of the skiing the ski season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but having a different language was a bit of a struggle. Okay. Definitely, I've um, my experience has mostly been in uh, the English-speaking countries, and so mm-hmm. I can't speak to uh, going into a country where too much that you don't understand the language because that's just that's very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. Um, How have you, I mean, you've been in a few countries, you know, you've lived uh, in uh, Scotland and England yourself and raised in South Africa. How does, how did you experience um,
0: the welcome or the, you
1: know, when you, Mm. when you left?
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, it was very, very similar to what you have, but I I don't know if it was because of, of me or my, you know, me struggling to fit in or make friends as much as as a culture or the people that I'm around, but I, I, I did. I mean, I, yeah, I, I landed in, in Scotland, um, 11 years ago, um, and I was I was actually working with a South African, so it made it a lot a lot easier. Kind of, and he was there for already eight years, so it was very I kind of fit in almost immediately. He had friends that were that were the knew your South African and happy with that. Um, the guy whose uh, whose job I took over or was swapped, he, you know, he was South African. So it was kind of like, people were very uh, happy to have me around. They were like, oh, another South African. So the people that were there before me really paved a nice way and really were good people. And, um, you know, the the Scottish, they in my area, were very, very happy to have another South African. And they were like, oh yeah. So they immediately embraced and I made good friends. Not, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I suppose some some sense quite deep friends. Um, you know, there were a few that were I'm still friends with. Um, South uh, African friends, deep uh, no, friends. No, no, Scottish, Scottish. Scottish. Um, yes, and I, I, I really, I, I didn't feel like I had to justify being in the country. Really, where when I moved to England, I felt very non-english and when people ask you oh, where are you from you know i might go i'm south african but you know i am my dad's english you know i am second generation english you know uh i sometimes joke in joke saying you know i'm the only person in my family tree of you know ever that was born in south africa you know in our family tree it's all you know as far as i went i know, did the research up to the 1600s it was all english 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 almost to justify I'm allowed to be here, I am English, you know, just because I speak foreign. Um, and there's always a sense of you that that you are foreign. Um, but I have, I have tried to fit in, you know, we, you know, not not, not consciously, but you know, you do. I mean, you you know, um, you know I'm watching more football and, you know, you you're playing a bit more cricket than I do. You know, you, you do tend, you know, you, you're in England, so I'm, I'm being English um to an extent
1: um the funny funny thing that you bring up there um i'm currently in new zealand and there's a, a decent amount of english and there's a decent amount of well, like people from england mm-hmm. um and people from south africa um, and you said in scotland that you had south african friends or people who knew about the South African group of people and i think actually that makes quite a big difference um of how the the country that you're in perceives you Mm -hmm. Uh, So in New Zealand, I feel like um, South Africans are looked at as hard working um, and will get some jobs done and are generally welcome. There's quite a lot of South Africans here now um, Mm -hmm. who uh, definitely all their children are are born in New Zealand now, uh, but over 20 or 30 years, it's been slowly getting more and more. Um, And they, I think, are not as against uh, South Africans coming in because uh, of the of the history of the people that have come in have worked mm-hmm. hard and have mm-hmm. done that. And so you said in Scotland, they're like, oh no, you know, great to have another South African here. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe in countries, maybe in England or maybe uh, in other places um, uh, or different nationalities where your people go that laid the foundation before you lay a certain, fu- mm-hmm. lay, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I like that point of, uh, you know, when you do go to a different country of trying to connect and trying to adapt to their culture, mm. remembering that mm. you're not—it's not just yourself, it's not mm. just your family. Um, it's about it might be this hundred people coming after you. Yeah, you're right. I mean,
0: it's—it's it's, uh, you know, from the very little bit that I've seen of, of New Zealand when I was there for a few days, um, but it didn't feel—it felt like you know the South Africans in the area, in, in there, the friends that I have there knew. That you, as you said, you 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 fitting in with the New Zealand culture because it is, in a way, it's very similar culture. You know it's 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 the barbecues and the and the rugby and the the outdoor culture, so it's possibly easier to fit in um, English speaking. Um, so it's just easier to to do that. Um, I, I mean, it must be a lot harder. Obviously, we can't speak for other people, but I'd love to hear from people watching this that first language is not English, but know uh, possibly and you know they moved to an english country is it how they how do they find having to to speak more english that be english because or be um a new zealander or an american or wherever they've gone uh, and if they don't speak english the first language do they find it harder um that'd be quite interesting um
1: well i've had some uh, when i was in america i had some a, a spanish friend who um, i'll uh, Lord, we to friends with for the rest of my life, uh, called Timo, and um, he uh, sometimes would get stuck on. He his English was totally totally good. He was Spanish, and then um, is his main one. And he just would stop and struggle to think of a phrase or a concept uh, in in English. So he knew exactly what he how he wanted to say, but sometimes um, people wouldn't understand his phrasing or his thing. And I think. Um, and he was is certainly fine and stuff. It's just an example of uh, the way that you think is. It's not just speaking it out, speaking the language. It's it's a uh, how people um, r- r- look at the world. It's like you, now you're using a type of type of phrase that uh, we speak Afrikaans, and you can um, one that um, <laughs> our two eyes interacted with recently is um, holding thumbs mm. uh, for you, whereas you think you keep your fingers crossed. Mm. Um, and that 's just like it 's just a, a different way of expressing yourself mm. um, that if you don 't know the language or brought up in a different language you don 't have the same uh, colloquialisms or expressions mm. um, uh, One thing that has happened though in uh, the biggest thing around in England um, is brexit um, yes. it was voted it was voted in a few years ago and has managed to um, Come to fruition after some struggles. Uh, Has Has there been um, uh, immigration or has there been some effect, uh, immediate effect that you've seen around you of people leaving, coming, um, trade routes? Have you you found bananas
0: not from Spain or something? Mm. Maybe that's racist. Sorry if that is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, good question. Um, No, I don't think the bananas are coming from Spain. Uh, there are some fruits and stuff coming from, from Spain. Um, I think there's some grapes, actually, really nice ones. No, it's, yeah, wow, well, Brexit really threw a major spanner in the European Union's uh, plans. Um, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because a lot of people immediately said that Brexit was a, a racial thing and that you know, everybody's racist voting for Brexit. Um, and a lot of people were worried that, you know, if we aren't, then, you know, that the English wouldn't be able to go to Europe and Europeans wouldn't be able to come to England, uh, to the UK. Um, there's even talk now of Scotland, or they, people, a lot of people in Scotland um, are trying to break away from the United Kingdom now because they want to actually be part of Europe rather. Um, so there's a lot of animosity and a lot of division. I mean there, the, you know, it was a majority. It was a majority win. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean that's how you get something through. But, but it wasn't wasn't massive. It was fifty one something percent by forty eight. I think it was fifty three. Yeah. somewhere. you know, it was it was very narrow. It was well narrow in the sense of 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 massive of massive decisions. You know, it wasn't a yeah. landslide. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the whole country wanted to be out. or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of European people in England and there always has been, I think, um, because we're so close. Um, a lot of at the moment, especially now with everything happening with COVID nineteen, is um big emphasis on Europeans being in the NHS and helping out and saying, you know, you voted against this and, and now and, and now they're helping you and but I, I, I think um for what people what from my understanding is why people voted Brexit was that they wanted to make their own rules and be um, almost sovereign in a way, or independent in their in their thinking and their lawmaking and the way they did things. And they felt um, or were told or believed whatever the case is. There's many people have their different reasons for voting, but basically, um, it was big. You know, it's almost like stopping stopping holding hands with the people next to you. Um, there because of that the immediate. Uh, reaction was that France have now said they won't stop any illegal immigrants from crossing the Channel. Um, from I think it was from January they stopped, um, and there is a there is a man over here, Nigel Farage, who um, basically headed up the, the Brexit, and he often goes out into the, the English Channel and films um, boatloads of these of, of immigrants coming over. Um, you know these little speedboats, rubber ducks, and they they just fall to the brim with people, and they're just coming across, and they just picked picked up. And he's he's quite upset about it, and he you know he tends to upset a lot of people or rally them to say that they're all coming in and they're being um, put into all around. Them. But basically, they're not being sent home; they being taken in and being into places, hotels, and they're just distributing them throughout the UK. Um, so yes, that's, that's the main thing happening at the moment. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, it's, it, you always get people coming in through the, the, um, the Eurotunnel in, 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 the, in the back of trucks and I think that's standard. I think, I think illegal immigration is standard when it comes to a first world country. Because I don't think it's only the UK that's happening, or only America. I th- I, I, well, I'm assuming that it happens to to European countries as well. Um, but I th- my my thought is it it probably happens more to the UK and America because of because of speak English. Um, I, I think as a obviously this is our um, speculation, but as a refugee coming from um, you know, not speaking English, or maybe speaking a little bit of English and then speaking the, the native language. Um, if you're gonna go and find asylum or look for asylum or, um, in a country, I think you, you try <laughs> and you speak the language or, 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 as much as you can. So I think that's my thought of why they're not stopping in Greece, uh, Italy, Spain, France, all the places they could possibly stop before they got to, to England, and then crossing the water it 's a massive track you know it 's a long journey you know it 's not like they 've just gone for a walk out for a stroll and found themselves in england um, I think that 's my thought, um, obviously not i 'm not an expert, so i 'm just um, thinking about it um, well I think,
1: I think it 's been happening for a while and i 'm not on that border uh, of the Mediterranean, but there 's a lot of people crossing on boats there as well, going into Greece, going into Italy, uh, also on the same type of vessels and not seaworthy or not, you know, for, mm-hmm. if it's one stormer, you know, you find uh, boats and people around apparently in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, uh, let's just clarify quickly, why are they, are they coming in the first place? Why are they making the journey? Um, why do we, we believe, uh, are they fearing for their lives? And if so, why or are they coming for a better life um you know what's what's uh moving away i guess a bit away from brexit to be honest but yeah
0: mm-hmm. just uh, why make the journey yeah well there's uh, there's been a few documentaries uh, about this they've asked the people what they're doing where they're from um a lot of them are from syria um a lot of them from middle east um and it is it's war-torn countries it's countries that have seen war um a lot of them want a better life um They haven't got, um, they haven't got, you know, they want to just try and make a better life. You know, they're struggling there uh, with family and food. and um, So that's what they're saying. So they actually, a lot of them do take the boats across and then actually do go across all the different countries to get to England because they want to come for a better life. Um, So... That's very understandable. I mean, everybody wants a better life. I mean, I, I initially, when I came over, um, I was in a place in, in a way, you know, okay, yes, I had, a, I had an English passport, so that made it a lot easier. Uh, but yes, I, mean, I, I, was, I needed a change of work and, you know, I wanted a better life. I'm like, well, well, I was only going to go for a year or two. I wasn't immigrating at the stage. I was just going to go for a year or two um, and then go back home. Um, and then it, it was easy. Uh, well, well, not easy, but it's it's easier life in South Africa um, to get work for myself um, in the current situation. So I suppose if people thought like this when they were in their countries where they're struggling and, they, and it is maybe hard to get work or, or to get food, you think, well, listen, I'm going to take what money I have and go try and find a better place. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's happening in, in in America as well, where, you know, they're coming up from South America and from Mexico and those places where it is, it's, it's harder to find work, it's harder, um, and to be very honest, you know, it's, it's, to, to look at now, you know, let's just say, let's just put the other hat on and say that I'm English now, I'm English, you know, let's say I've been here all my life and, um, this is my home, you know, and all these people are streaming in and I see them coming in and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, this is my home, you know, what are you coming to do here? Um, I can understand why a lot of them, um, I suppose, are fearful, uh, don't like it, um, apprehensive, don't want to open them up, you know, open their arms, welcoming them in. Um, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult because as a Christian, you know we are taught to love your neighbor, um, and a neighbor is not necessarily man, the people on the side of the wall. Um, it is meaning neighbor, meaning another person, somebody, somebody's not you. And by loving your neighbor, does that mean letting them, you know, letting opening your arms and welcoming everybody in, or yeah, is it, mm. or do you? Yeah, from a Christian point of view, now what is what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, um, admittedly, it is a struggle. I mean, I know of Germany who has stacks of immigrants coming in, and they've they've tried to help them in Netherlands and the UK, uh, as you just mentioned, trying to spread them out and around. Um, yeah, I think uh, as, from a Christian perspective, uh, it's as you say, uh, loving your neighbour is is hard to get past. Um, and your neighbor's literally not the person above you or next to you, um, then uh, as the Bible would would teach, it's about uh, loving the foreigner. Um, the the word immigrant isn't actually uh, found in in Bible translations, um, but foreigners or sojourners um, it is, and it's it's, the same, it's pretty much a, a similar tra- direct translation of um, people who um, aren't from the area that they are that you're in. Um, and then they've gone across, and uh, so um, the Bible, uh, the, one of the easier ones is uh, the Israelites were in Egypt um, for a very long time, and they were foreigners in that time, and there's a Bible reference um, that says you were, uh, it's in Leviticus actually, uh, I'll read it out, Leviticus 19, uh, two verses I'm reading from the ESV, it says, when a stranger sojourns with you in the land, you shall not do him wrong, you shall treat the stranger with who sojourns with you as a native among you and you shall love him as yourself for you were also strangers in the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God and so what it's saying is that they you when strangers come into your midst um, whether they uh, legal or illegal uh, I think they would would suggest wouldn't uh, clarify it uh, needs to be legal mm-hmm. uh, you should be treating them um with love and with um, care, as you would treat a, a, another neighbor or a friend, um, and understand that if you you could maybe do that for for ten people or for a hundred people uh, or a thousand people, um, and and but the problem is, and uh, you know, even if you're Christian or not Christian, is when it gets to a certain number where it's kind of flooding your area um, and taking over. Mm. Um, I mean, still as, as Christians, we should, um, we should emulate God. Um, a person called Daniel Carroll wrote a book uh, called Christians at the Border, uh, Immigration, the Church and the Bibles, discussing uh, this, this topic as from a Christian perspective. Um, he, it was a quote, he says, um, God has a deep love for the needy and the disenfranchised, whoever they are and whatever the cause of their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, I, i'm not in the situation i 'm not in surrounded by a mass of people looking to come in, um, but somehow I think uh, people and Christians in particular should um, find a way to to care and to love and to um, understand the situation where they 're coming from, especially if they're coming from a war torn country um especially if you are trying to protect your children uh, or your the, mm. the women who who maybe mm. are focused more mm. um, then you know they are hurt and they 're broken and so even um, you know in the moments where we like can think of many reasons for them not to be here mm. um, i don't think we should be turning our backs on people who are are hurt or who are broken mm-hmm. and that, that could be just for the person you know from down the street as well and as, in, as a neighbor but um, these immigrants have experienced things that hopefully some of us will never experience mm-hmm. um you know lord willing we've never been in a space where we see people being shot um mm-hmm. on the streets um and literally fleeing for your life um with straight with bullets coming past you and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, And so I don't, it's not a a law thing in the Bible, per se, where uh, there was laws. um, The Israelites had to treat, um, had to treat the people, foreigners or coming to their midst as themselves. And the foreigners, um, to come back to your point about living in the society, they had to um, kind of go under the laws of the Israelites, but also they got the protection um, Mm. of of, of the law. Mm. but I think it's not necessarily about the laws per se. It's more about a Christian culture, a Christian um, uh, character mm. uh, of of love and grace and and caring mm. um, that we should be having. And mm. I believe uh, that's where um, a Christian sh- perspective should be at, and should you should always work out of that.
0: Mm. Good, good. Thank you. Some really good points there. Eh? Um, yeah, you you were saying you know come you know come under the law of the country that you're going to. You mentioned that. Um, I think that's also a big, difficult spot for. I know people here in the UK. I think um, it seems to be a lot of people struggle with that. Um, in London, for instance, uh, there's an areas. Uh, I believe it's Luton or something. That area. is it's very Middle Eastern. Um, they're just all people that are immigrated from the middle east they've come to the same place and they've um you know there are some areas and uh, suburbs and, and almost towns really that it's, basically it's like a a middle middle east in london um and they've got mosques and they've got um their own courts the shira courts and their own schools you know that are muslim only and um so i think a lot of a lot of british people find it difficult and they feel like you know yes we're happy to love our neighbor if there's 10 20 100 maybe a thousand but when it starts getting that you you know that they're coming into into the country and almost setting up their new country inside this country and and going their own laws their own uh, you know, the halal, meat, want unslaughtery, everything. Um, I think they find it hard. I think they're finding it and that's what really starts to get them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm using, using this particular denomination because um, that's what I know of. I, I, you know, there might be other denominations, it might be Asians, it might be Africans, uh, it might be whoever. South Africans. There might be a big group of South Africans somewhere that have taken over. Uh, I know, particularly in in Wimbledon, um, in London, there's lots of South Africans that actually live in that area, and there are a few South African shops. Um, but to my knowledge, that's it. You know, they haven't um, you know, they haven't set up their own. Um, you know, Afrikaans-speaking courts or like this is our own school, only for South African schools. and um, So, I, I, I think that it, I, I, I think it's important that, yes, let people in, refugees, by all means, let people in. Um, but I think the people that come in need to be um, almost educated or briefed on the culture, the way of living, and that. okay, you're coming to Britain, uh, you are now British. This is, you know, like, for instance, uh, my wife, you know, as you know, um, she had to do a life in UK test, she had to study, had to learn about the past um, royalty, about dates of when hap- things happened, X, Y, Z, and she had to write an exam, had to be able to speak English, had to be Really, to, to get in to get her visa to indefinitely to remain, she had to really jump through a lot, a lot of hoops, yeah. which which and pay a lot of money, which then a lot of people are not doing. Um, you know, you do, you, you know, sometimes you'll go to um a certain restaurant and, and speak to them, and they you know barely speak English very, very. So, I'm like, well, that's not what you know. My wife actually speak almost 100. What
1: do, you, what do you feel then, um, or why do you feel that that should happen? I mean, it happened like in, in Chicago when I was there, there's like a, a Chinatown area um, and you go there and you can get live fish in a shop or bo- boba tea easier and, you know, have a whole uh, Chinese or Asian experience in the moment. Um, what, or, you know, I'm not sure about the religions in there, but there were like lucky cats and all that type of stuff. Why? Why do you think um, it is necessary? Why would you think some people would say, you know, this is England, and you should be should be learning our culture? Why can't the English accept uh, that the mosques are going to be praying three times a day, or you know, why do you feel like it should be this way around and not uh, caring other way around?
0: Yeah, that's that's a difficult one. Um, It's, it's, it's almost like I'm a big I'm a big fan of history um, and culture and I, I've done my family tree. Uh, I I love museums. I love especially in the UK. I love going around to the castles and love reading up mm. some castles over a thousand years old and uh, you know the kings and queens that lived here. So I'm a big fan of history and culture and I believe that that in order to to keep that, to keep who you are, the identity of of who somebody is, whether it's English, um, New Zealand, whoever it is, uh, Scottish, German, whatever the culture is, um, it it, it takes a lot to to keep that going. You know, you need books being written in that culture, you need music, you need um, things happening, you know, in order to keep the culture rich, Um, I know there's a big thing in South Africa at the moment where um, with over the last 30 years of of things happening and then change happening that because so many people have left and so many South Africans have left and um, South Africans in general but also a lot of Afrikaans-speaking people um, there was a stage where they were worried that Afrikaans would die out uh, because there's just not enough happening which, um, which I wouldn't you know I didn't think would happen because they have the the music keep on people people parents are teaching Afrikaans to their children, and they're passing it on but um, especially in this day and age now where um, a lot of things are being as I say cancelled, you know canceling the history and stuff, um, I think it's important I think it's important to maintain who you are and I'm not saying don't take it into outside influences you know um, but I think if you you know if, if I go to a bakery. I'm not gonna go ask for for cut of meat. I am there to get bread, or I'm there to get rolls, and so that's why I've gone to the bakery to 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 get what they offer. Um, and I think that's how, in my opinion, how people should see going to another country. If you're gonna to go to another country, you are taking what they have, and you're accepting what they have on offer. Um, so you shouldn't go to a bakery and expect meat and get upset when there's no meat and then start getting you know bringing more people bringing more people asking for meat until the bakery decides he has to now open, start selling meat as well because a lot of people are asking for it um i think the bakery needs to stay a bakery you know if you go there expect to get bread and accept it and be happy with it otherwise if you want meat go to the butchery.
1: Um, what happens if you go to the butchery and you want meat and you don't have allow meat? <laughs> so but, uh, the thing is, the thing is on that the thing is on that one is that I I, I accept your the bakery analogy. Uh, I definitely I I like that. that when you go into the count, you you fitting into a what you expected. You're going there because there's a certain lifestyle and the reason why perhaps you're travelling all the distance because they are doing well. Yes. Uh, they are they are they've done something in history getting to the point where this country is running at a good at a good pace and they have mm-hmm. systems in place, politics or whatever. Um, and so I do think there's a, an a element where you should be adapting to something that w- is working for that country. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there is elements where of other faith, and we may have to talk about it in a different video. But um, in terms of halal meat, there's not as many uh, halal people uh, in the UK previously, and so so what do you do? You know, you have to you have to make up your your own butcher and and put in procedures that you believe is law and lawful for your religion and your understanding of lifestyle. Uh, same as if you you vegan or you vegetarian, you know, mm. you can't go into a shop a restaurant and there's not no options. What do you do? You you make an option. You make a, a restaurant or you make a butcher that sells your stuff. And so I don't know where the line is when you go into a country and there's no uh, place of worship for you. Mm. You, know, you, then then what do you do? You, know, mm-hmm. you, like, you, you don't just all of a sudden jump across and say, okay, I'll be whatever that country's religion is. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause then firstly your face is <laughs> that strong. No. Um, but yeah, I understand that it kind of does affect the area around it. Mm. Uh, it can affect it when there's more and more people doing that. Mm. Um, and I, I embrace I, the fact that if you're coming into a country, then you should be very aware of their culture and not enforce your culture onto them. Mm. Uh, but I'm not sure where the line is of we have to be providing or are open enough to be welcomed uh, of another culture and allow them to do the... The law thing I'm with I struggle with, like having your own laws, um and you know, like if you, you're doing things different to the government, that's that's a bit tricky for me to, to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um because then that means that your the laws that haven't worked or the laws that aren't that are working in your country are mm-hmm. are being yeah. So I understand that, but I do think um you know there's a we have to figure out the line of what is, is healthy for, for us. Uh, except, but except that they are that people are different and people mm. are, their beliefs are are different and maybe this is why we should be speaking more about these different things yes, to have yes. an understanding of of where are people at and how people are actually feeling mm. they are um, rather than just doing a survey of what do you feel <laughs> like mm. is happening. You can actually have a normal conversation and say, I I struggle with. Uh, prayers at seven o'clock in the morning or I uh, you know I struggle with people wearing robes in in religion or having to provide normal meat and having to use different utensils Mm -hmm. to cut or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, and how can you reconcile
0: Mm -hmm. these two situations it's it's a good good thing you mentioned about talking about it and I think um that's what is happening nowadays. Is is it? been shut and, shut down. Uh, freedom, free of well, freedom of speech is being shut down. People are saying, no, you can't say that. Oh, that's can't say that. You, you know, not allowed to say that. You can't. You know, you're going to get into trouble for saying that. And it would been shut down when actually the conversation should be encouraged. So yes, okay, you can't. I don't know. Maybe you can. You know, you should be able to say whatever you like, really. Um, you know, if I say something that hurts your feelings, then it's between me and you. Um, But, I don't know, it's it's, it's difficult because, as you say, people aren't talking about it. And the best place to do it is talk about it, have a conversation about it. I hear your opinion, you hear my views, we discuss it, and we decide, thank you, I learn, I grow, uh, you learn, you grow, and we walk away saying, now I understand this person better, uh, I understand why they do something. I understand w- the reasons behind what they want, what they do. Um, that makes me understand them better um, and makes me less fearful for, for, for what might be happening or might not be happening. Um, I think that's, I think that's, you've hit the nail on the head. It's, it's about talking about it, isn't it? And, and that will probably be the answer to a lot of the things we talk about, hence, we're talking about unspoken things because they should be spoken about. So that will probably be the, you know, the, the, the trophy of every every conversation. But um, mm-hmm. it's definitely good to unpack this one. Um, any any final thoughts on on this before we say bye? Um, no, I
1: just would like to invite uh, everyone who has gotten this far in the video or um, has. Maybe jumped ahead or whatever the case is. Like we uh, would be welcoming their comments on their topic, um, whether it's politically correct or, uh, or not. To so please be careful of what you're saying because it's a public forum. But um, yeah, I think that what a part of this is to to get things spoken about a little bit more, uh, to get the unspoken things open up. And so um, yeah, if you have a topic that you want to dis- want us to discuss, um, we've got a few things lined up, but. Uh, we'll be open to that and if you have an opinion on this topic um or any other one in the future
0: let us know yes good one thank you very much jonathan uh and uh thanks for joining and then we'll chat to you on the next chat um hopefully it won't be too long thanks everybody see you soon see you on the flip side bye bye some things are better left unsaid.